tugging with God back there, but because this is the first sermon in this series, I need to hear y'all in here. I gotta have y'all here today. I have to have y'all here today because what God is saying is near and dear. So please, my prayer is this week, take some time from this sermon, see what applies that you can teach your children, amen? amen. This is the week I want you to teach your children. I promise the children back next week, but this is like the state of address. It's the first one and I gotta have every adult, every amen. young person in here listening so what thus said the Lord, amen. Let's have a quick word of prayer. We're going to start. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you, oh God, for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way. I thank you, oh God, for us desiring to want to gather together. I thank you, oh God, for what you're doing right now. So I pray, oh God, that your word go forth with boldness, with clarity, oh God, that it elevates, oh God, that it eradicates, oh God, that it equips, oh God, that it does everything that we needed to do in this place, oh God, in every heart and every mind. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. While you're standing, please stand for the reading of God's word as we jump in this new series, GPS. Amen. First Samuel chapter 13, verses 7 and 9. This is the God's word version, and it reads as follows. Some Hebrews crossed the Jordan River into the ter territory of Gad and Gilead, but Saul remained in Gilgal. And all the people who followed him trembled in fear. He waited seven days. Say seven days. Seven days. The time set by Samuel. But Samuel had not come to Gilgal, and the troops began to scatter. Then Saul said, bring me the animals for the burnt offering and the fellowship offering. So he sacrificed the burnt offering. Today, if you don't mind, look at your neighbor and tell them, stay in your lane. Amen. Amen. Tell both neighbors, amen. Tell both of them, stay in your lane. You may be seated in the presence of God. But before I begin into my intro, which I took time to prepare, I got to say this because listening to the Holy Spirit is essential, y'all. I, I, I had this sermon series already picked out. I already had the five messages. If y'all don't know, I just don't open my Bible Sunday, Saturday nights and what I'm going to preach. Uh, I plan in advance. I had all five messages already tailored, what I was going to preach for the month of July, what was going to go. And God, now he gave me the same series, but he changed all my messages. See, the Holy Spirit in your life, you got to learn to listen to him. And when he says shift, you got to shift. When the Holy Spirit say move, you got to move. So he took time out. That's why I want every parent in here because if God told me to do that, I need everybody here with us. Save the Lord. So for at least the next five weeks, we're going to be dealing with a word that we often hear, but I'm not sure we fully understand. That word, people of God, is destiny. Webster Dictionary tells us that destiny is the events that will necessarily happen to a particular person or a thing in the future. Synonyms we use for destiny are fate, 
inevitability, predestination, or design. But I find it odd while we are on this journey called life, trying to reach our destination, all the while avoiding blocked roads, traveling troubled bridges, and avoiding traffic jams, we allow horoscopes, astrologies, crystals, or unwise people to lead us instead of our Heavenly Father. We know what? That God formed us in our mother's womb. That he knew us from our beginning. We know that God knows the plans he has for our lives. He says thoughts of good and not evil, but to give you hope and a future and bring you to an expected end. We're going to be in the book of 1 Samuel and scratch the surface of 2 Samuel throughout this series. If you want insight on how God establishes our roads, directs our paths, brings us to our destinies, then strap in your seatbelt, get ready to take good notes as we look about our God positioning system. The Bible is clear. It says, in all thy getting, get an understanding. Amen. Amen. So it would, it would behoove me to give you a synopsis of the history of Israel so you can understand where we're going today. I, I can't assume any of y'all have read all this in the Bible. If, if I don't explain it, it won't make sense. So let me do a quick rundown of Israel's history, all right? So let's go to Exodus. God calls Moses to deliver the children of Israel. We're familiar with that, right? God calls Moses to what? To take the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. He lets plagues come down. He uh, and We see the Passover, which what? That's when the uh, they put the blood of the lamb over the doorpost and the death angel passes over them. Right, we get our first Passover. They split the Red Sea. They go on to the promised land. So Moses raises up Joshua on the way to the promised land. Joshua is his apprentice. Amen. Apprentice means basically your understudy. Somebody that is right there with you studying, trying to accomplish what you accomplish. Amen. So Joshua is there. He's right there. When Moses is on the mount getting the Ten Commandments, Joshua is praying for him at the bottom. Amen. While Moses is in war, and as long as Moses' arms are lifted up, they're winning. When they go down, they lose. Joshua comes and sits up between the rock and holds up Moses' arms so they keep on winning. So he's riding with him right? Yeah. So Moses dies because of some disobedience and we'll deal with that later but Moses gets to see the promised land but he doesn't get to enter the promised land. So Joshua takes them into the promised land. So Joshua leads them. They're in battle. They're in Canaan. All this is going on. And Joshua said this famous scripture at the end. Joshua 24 15. As for me and my house, we have served the Lord. Amen. He, he seen them falling back into bondage and falling back into idol worship. He said, I can't talk about what y'all going to do. But as for me and my house, amen. I wish I had somebody here that felt that way. I don't care what's going on in culture. I don't care what's going on in the world. I don't care what anybody else is trying to tell me. As for me and my house, yeah. we will serve the Lord. Yeah, and while Joshua was a good leader, Joshua dies, but it doesn't leave another leader in place. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I call this the law of replacement. Amen. Yeah, yeah you got to work to have somebody replace you. Amen. Yeah. That while Joshua was a good leader, he didn't raise up nobody like Moses did. And when he died, the children of Israel were scattered abroad. Amen. So we go from that, from Joshua, then we jump into the book of Judges. Amen. Now, Judges is a crazy time because Israel has no true leader at this time. They had Moses, they had Joshua, and now there's nobody. So Israel will fall back into sin. They will worship false gods. 
after all that, God will raise up a judge to deliver them. They'd be good for a few years, and they go all back in sin. Amen. Wow. That's somebody testimony. Wow. Amen. Wow. Yeah, I'm doing good for a while. Everything's working good. I'm praising. We serving God. We fall back in sin. God got to raise up another leader, and he take them out of sin. So this is a repeated cycle all through the book of Judges. You might be familiar with a few. One is Shamgar. One is Deborah, the only woman judge. One is Gideon, and one is Samson. But there are a total of 12 judges mentioned throughout the book of Judges. Come on. Come on. Then we get to 1 Samuel. Amen. Samuel was an important figure in biblical history. Why? He's the last judge and the first major prophet since Moses. He carries a heavy weight in scripture. And I love this. Samuel wasn't even born. He's here because he had a praying mama. Amen. Yeah, y'all encourage you to read your Bible. He had a mama named Hannah who had a husband. And her husband had another wife who gave him kids. And Hannah couldn't have no kids. She was barren. She couldn't have no kids. So she goes to the temple and cries and prays and said, God, if you just give me a baby, I'm going to give him back to you. Woo! If you just give me a baby. That's where we get baby dedications from. From Sister Hannah. Amen. That God, if you just give me this child, I don't even want him to have him. I'm going to give him back to you. So God blesses her womb. She wings her son. And when he's old enough and doesn't need his mom no more, about three or four and five in that range, she gives him to the temple of God. So Samuel is raised in the church. Amen. Even though he had a wicked priest by the name of Eli who wouldn't hold his sons accountable, God tried calling Samuel at a young age. And Eli was the priest. That's why y'all need to read y'all Bible. Eli was the priest when his son was sleeping with all the women. Amen. His sons was priests too, and they were sleeping with all the women. See, see y'all want to watch love and hip-hop. Y'all want to watch Real Housewives. Y'all want to watch all this messy TV. You want the tea. The Bible got the tea if you just take the time to read it. The Bible got all the stuff you need to see and what's going on. Ain't nothing new under the sun. The priest was tripping his sons, so God had to deal with him because he didn't check his sons. But we find Samuel, who is blessed and called by God at an early age. Amen. So here we are now. Now we get into the meat of things. First Samuel chapter 8, y'all. When Samuel was old, he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of the firstborn son was Joel. The name of the second was Abijah. They were the judges of Beersheba. The sons didn't follow their father's example but turned to dishonest ways of making money. Wow. They took bribes and denied people justice. Wow. wow. Man, that's deep, y'all. Samuel was an amazing man of God. Samuel was a priest. Samuel was a judge, but his sons were the total opposite. Amen. I see two pastoral principles that jump out in this text. Amen. They didn't follow their father's example. Wow. wow. That's deep. See, when God gives you a godly example, you ought to thank God for that. Amen. See, when God gives you godly examples, what he's doing, he's positioning you in such a way that if you follow them, you get to your destination not only faster, but with more energy. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He allows you to walk through because I'm going to be able to tell you, don't go that route. That route messed me up. I mean, don't turn down that street. That street caused me pain. Don't go over there. Don't mess. He's giving you a godly example to help you so you ain't got to follow the same foot traps. I, I get to my destiny faster when I don't got to make all these crazy exits. So he says, look here, the hardest part of life is putting someone in position when they aren't prepared for it. Samuel put his son as judges, y'all. Look at this. I want you to guess this. But they're not capable. So, so they're not prepared to do the work. Yeah. So look at this. Being capable and being called is two different things. Yeah. 
Amen, amen. I'm trying to help somebody today. Being capable and being called is two different things. Uh, I remember our dentist, we used to go to a, a brother, our dentist, and I used to love talking to him. And his son, he had his son going to medical school to be a dentist just like him. He got his own practice. My son going to come in and take over it. So he got his son going to medical school. His son finished it and then decided he didn't want to be a dentist anymore. He was mad. He was venting to me while I'm in my chair. Just don't mess with my teeth, man. Don't, don't scrape me while you mad, while you venting, man. Just go ahead and tell your story. So he's talking to me about this. But then he says, I have a younger daughter who loves this stuff. I have a younger daughter that she's mind made up. She wants to be a dentist. She wants to follow in my footsteps. So I just tell him, look here, it's better to have her than him. Because if you put him in the practice, you're going to lose business. Wow. He's capable, but he's not called. If you give it to the daughter, she's going to make sure your business grows. She's going to make sure it continues to go on and on and leave a legacy. Yeah, because being capable and being called are two different things. So while his sons may have been capable of being judges, they weren't called to it. I'm saying this as a parent. Part of our commitment to GPS is finding what our children are called to and being okay if it's not what we think it should be. Woo, come on, we're going to help parents today. Amen. Part of us finding the GPS is finding out where our children are called to and then understanding it might not be what I think it should be. I got to let God help them figure it out. I got to guide them and show them. I got to just make sure they know God and can pray and can listen and can obey. And God trusts God to get them where they need to be. Maybe Samuel's sons live a life pleasing to the Lord if they never become priests. Maybe it was too much pressure for them. Maybe they couldn't handle it, amen. Uh, Michael Jordan, I think, is the greatest basketball player in the world. His sons didn't make it to the NBA. It might have been too much pressure for them. Yeah. So we got to understand what our children are called to be. So because of his children's disobedience, y'all, Israel now demands a king. So under, until this point, Israel is under the total leadership of God, nobody else. God is their king. But the people aren't feeling that anymore because Sam, Samuel's sons is messed up. Samuel's sons is doing too much. So they say, look here, we need a king like all the other nations. We need somebody to lead, lead us. And Samuel's like, no, you don't want a king. Uh, it's not what you think it is. Kings come with hardships, amen. Now, if you get a king, you know he's going to take some of your, your, your land and tax you for it if you want a king. The king going to tax you for your crops. The king going to take your daughters and make them become cookers and bakers in his palace. The king going to take your sons and make them go off the war have a draft. Be careful. You sure you want a king? I don't think you really want that. But the people, you, we know the people of Israel, they're going to want what they want. Amen. They don't care what God's saying. They're going to want what they want. So they want a king. So chapter 9, we get introduced into a man named Saul, who is from the tribe of Benjamin. The Bible said he was the most handsome man in Israel and stood a head taller than everybody else. Amen. Bible said he fine and tall, man. Saul got it going on, amen. And he got all the good stuff. He got everything everybody needs. He looked good and he's taller than everybody else. So when you look at him, you're going to automatically think he's the king because of how he looks and how he moves, amen. God said, if y'all going to want a king, I'm going to give y'all somebody I think y'all should have. I'm going to give y'all somebody to aspire to be like. I'm going to give you somebody that y'all think y'all should see. This is who God picks for a king. So Saul goes on a mission to find his father's donkey. He has no idea what God is working for him, amen. No idea what God is doing. He on a mission trying to find a donkey. Can't find a donkey. Three days go by. They say the prophet Samuel, the seer, what the Bible calls him, he's over in town. Let's go ask the prophet and see if he can help us out. So Saul finds Samuel. God speaks to Samuel and says, this is the man I was telling you about. Anoint him and make him ruler over my people. 
This is what I'm telling you about. I, I love this. I love this. He tells Saul, quit worrying about the donkey. Amen. You will have all that is desirable in Israel. Amen. Saul worried about a donkey. He worried about a donkey, and God said, I'm about to make you king. Uh, 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 he, he worried about finding his father donkey. Samuel, like, chill out. You about to have all that you want in Israel. I'm about to take you to another level. Switch your worry. Come follow God. I got something for you. But look at Saul's reply, y'all. It's a trip. 1 Samuel 9 and 21. Saul replied, I am a man from the tribe of Benjamin. Yeah. The smallest tribe of, of Israel. Yeah. My family is the most insignificant of all the families of the tribes of Benjamin. Wow. So why are you saying such things to me? Wow. Wow. He looking about donkeys. And God got a kingdom ready for him. And, and it shoots me out because God, watch this, can turn you from being insecure and insignificant to influential. Ooh. I don't think y'all heard what I said. He worried about a donkey, and then he said, look, you don't know who I am. I ain't got, got nothing going on. I'm low. My family low. Uh, I'm from Benjamin. We ain't even a good tribe. God can take you from being insecure and insignificant to being influential. Okay, okay. He listed all the reasons to Samuel why you shouldn't be talking to me like that. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. Like God and the prophet don't know that. Amen. Okay. I'm from the smallest tribe of Israel. You know that, right? The smallest tribe. Like God and the prophet don't know that. He said my family is the most insignificant of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin. That's how you feel, not what God said. Amen. I ain't gonna let me preach today. Okay, say man, I got you, I got you. That's how you feel, but that's not what God said about you. I understand why you might feel that way. But the funny thing about feelings, watch this, I can feel something and it not be real. Amen. Oh, y'all ain't helping me preach today. They ain't helping me like You can feel something and not be real. Okay. You felt you was in love, but come to find out you was just in lust. Amen. Like some walls. Uh, you felt you could trust them. You felt they were loyal to the soil. Find out you were sleeping with the enemy. Amen. You found out you was kicking it with your adversary. Amen. You felt a certain way about it, but you come to find out feelings ain't really real all the time. Just because I feel something don't mean it's real. He feels insignificant. He feels unworthy, but God says, hold up, play. I got something for you. How many times have we missed out on what God had because of how we felt? Woo. So he feels this way. He's, he, he's worried about his past mistakes. He's worried about his family history. He's worried about all the things that's messed up. But if I get where God desires me to be, my current circumstance will not create my conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My current circumstance will not create my conclusion, which means if God got something better for me, I got to go get it. I need better in my life. I never get better staying where I'm at. I never get better if I don't pursue God. So God says, I'm about to give you influence, Saul. I'm about to change your life. Samuel brings him in. He said, here, you and your servant come to the banquet. We prepared a sacrifice. The reason he saw Samuel was the sacrifice, which turned to his anointing. So he sits him at the head of the table with about 30 guests. I'm about to show you how important you are. You are God's chosen of Israel to be the king. So Saul gets anointed, y'all. This is in chapter 10. He pours the olive oil over his head uh, uh, to be anointed. It's kind of like, if we can liken it to the inauguration of our president. Amen. Yeah. You know, all the channels, all the news channels is there. He's sitting there. It's a big old yeah. ceremony. Yeah. We get to see it on TV. So, so this is what it like. It solidifies and cements the calling of God on your life. Mm -hmm. So he gets anointed, y'all. He gets anointed to be king. 
So then we pick up, watch this. He gets anointed. Samuel gives him instructions. He tells him where to go, where to go handle business. Go with some people, some prophets is coming from worship. Yeah. I need you to link yeah. up with these prophets. They worshiping and prophesying. Look at this. First Samuel 10, 10, 6 and 7. Then the Lord's spirit will come over you. Come on. You will be a different person while you prophesy with them. Come on. When these signs happen to you, do what you must because God is with you. So we're talking about God's positioning system, y'all. When God is fueling you, his favor finds you. When God is fueling you, when God is behind you, his favor finds you. Okay, I'm going to help you out. He got anointed, and then he got instructions. I come to find out people love all the anointing, but people don't want all the instructions. Yeah, he gave them anointing and instructions. Okay, okay. I know we in the future, y'all, and we have new technology, something called AI, artificial intelligence, right? It's a big thing going on with artificial intelligence. This new wave of AI is so powerful, people are creating artwork, content, even getting papers written for them. So I'm sure some preachers are probably using it for sermons. Praise God. Amen. So we, in, we in a weird time. Amen. Weird time. AI is taking over. They use AI. And, and you, what happens is you put the idea into AI and AI does the rest. Wow. You put the idea in and AI does the rest. Oh, Can I suggest if the people of God tap into the AI of God. And you tap into the anointing and instructions. Woo. We see in verse 6 what happened. The Lord's spirit will come over you. Amen. If I take myself out of it and tap into the anointing and instructions, that gives God permission to take over my spirit. That gives God permission to take over my life. So I want God to take over, to move in such a way that he changes who I am. Saul begins to prophesy. He ain't no prophet. He begins to have a new wave of God in his life because he listened to the instruction. So just like artificial intelligence can make us look brighter, more creative, and skilled than we may actually be, anointing and instructions makes us stronger, wiser, better, and brighter. Amen. And we allow the anointing and instructions to take over us. Come on. That's good. So Saul, y'all, he in full chemo. He, he defeats Ammon. He's got he got he got a spirit in him. He's he doing his thing. The troops are winning. The, the the people are acknowledging him as king. Things are going good. The people are getting what they wanted. God even is helping them out, even though he didn't want a king. It's looking good. Everything's going through. We went through all that. Now I can finally get to my sermon. Praise God. Amen. Now we in the sermon. Saul now is about to go to war with the Philistines, a common enemy enemy of Israel. He got three thousand troops. The Philistine army, watch this, has 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and as many soldiers as the seashore can see. Amen. As much sand as you can see is how many soldiers they got. That's what the Bible says. So when Israel sees this, they get afraid. They're scared. They're timid. They, 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 they run in caves. They run in rocks, right? They jump in pits and cisterns. And some people followed Saul to Gigal, and they were afraid. Look at it, 8 and 9. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel had not come to Gigal, and the troops began to scatter. Then Saul said, bring me the animals for the burnt offering and fellowship offering. So he sacrificed the burnt offerings. Watch this. Just because you have the position doesn't mean you can do things out of order. We're about to get deep right here, y'all. I need you to focus. Just because you have the position 
Don't give you the right to do things out of order. Okay, okay. The anointing and instruction got Samuel to this point, right? Yeah. The, the reason you believe in yourself is because you allow God to position you. Yeah. I got to remind you, yeah. King. That the reason you're the king is because you allow God to position you. The reason you have influence right now is because you allow God to position you. Yeah. Samuel told you to wait seven days. He waited to the seven days, but not through the seven days. Amen. Wow. Uh, what we always wow. say, partial disobedience. Partial yeah. obedience yeah. is disobedience. Yeah. Yeah. He told him to wait seven days. If you're going to bust a move, bust a move on the eighth day. Don't, move, don't do it on the seventh day. He told you to wait seven days. Wait until what God says. See, God was preparing to do the impossible. You had 3,000 troops. They had 30,000 uh, chariots. But Saul got impatient. God was preparing to give him the advantage. But Saul got anxious. God was preparing to give him the reward. But Saul got restless. God. He said, bring me the offering. He ain't yeah. came yet. Yeah. The yeah. men are scattering. Bring me the sacrifices yeah. for the fellowship offering and the burnt offerings and let me do it. On God's positioning system, where God is mapping out your path, you must stay in your lane. My God. My God. You, must. you must. You can't move into another lane unless God calls you to that lane. You have to stay in your lane. Okay, okay. If you can I get you leading them in war because you're the king. Amen. Yeah. I get it. you taller than everybody. you more handsome than everybody. I get that. You prophesied. I get that. But you are not the priest or the prophet. Wow. You're the king. the king. The reason many of us end up blocking God's blessing is because we're too busy trying to do someone else's job we aren't called to or qualified for. That's a rough word, amen, but I got to give it to you like God gave it to me, amen. He ain't changed my whole series for no reason, amen. I, I struggled Monday, I struggled Tuesday, and then he hit me with this, no, you need a shift, son. So this is the real deal. I know we like happy church, and we like hearing the blessings of God. We got to deal with God deals with people. God deal with people throughout the Bible, amen. God corrects stuff throughout the Bible. So check this out. He says this, just because you see me pray and offer sacrifices... Just because you see me do that and prophesy doesn't mean God told you to do the same, Saul. You got to stay in your lane. See, sometimes when traveling with GPS, that has ever happened to you, it'll pop up and says, quicker route. Mm -hmm. You're traveling, that ever happened to you? You're traveling on GPS and it pops up and it says, quicker route. And sometimes those quicker routes, they say, save one minute. One minute. I'm already going straight. I gotta get off, bust a right and the left. Come on. Come on. And, and, and hit some stop signs when I'm already going straight on the highway. My God. And because my we God. jump off for that one minute, who knows what that one minute gonna tell? Who knows if a car is broken down on that road? That's Who good. knows if there's some traffic my system didn't pick up? No, I need to stay where I'm at because I can see where I'm going. Oh Quit hopping off for the one minute. Saul said this. Samuel's not here. Good. The men are scattering. I need a quicker way to get this blessing. I need a quicker way to do this. Yeah. And because he tried to save one minute, he yeah. failed God. Jesus. Mm. That's deep. Look at verse 10. After he finished sacrificing the burnt offering, Samuel came and Saul went to greet him. My God. Listen to this. God gave me this, y'all. Being impatient will lead you to making impulsive decisions. Jesus, Jesus. Yes, yes. God gave me that. Being impatient will lead you to making impulsive. You're not thinking right. Scatterbrain. You're rushing. Impulsive. 
decisions. Yeah. So we got it all wrong. Why? Because of the way we live right now. We got the internet at our fingertips. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I want to Google something, I can figure it out in a few seconds. I can Google something real quick. It's instantly, right? Our children are two and three. They know how to swipe. They know how to go to YouTube. They know how to pick their video. They know how to get to this. Everything is so quick. Amen. I remember being a child, and if school was going to be delayed, we had to get up early in the morning and watch the news to see if our school was going to pop across that thing like an NBA draft pick. We sitting there, and we waiting. Dang, when they going to get to the piece? When Pike going to show up? Pike Township, when they going to show up? We had to sit there and wait. Now, the school call and email. The kids don't even get to experience. That was a great experience to say, yes, I ain't going to school. They know the night before now. It's crazy. Everything is so fast. When I was young, we used to look forward in the morning to get up to watch Sports Center because it was going to show me all the games last night and what happened. Now, because people get league pass, they didn't copy, record it, they didn't put the highlights on YouTube. The game just ended 10 minutes ago. How you got all the highlights? That's why the kids don't watch the games no more. They get the highlight instantly. See, we live in a microwave society, y'all. Yeah, come on, come on. You can put a dinner in a microwave and it's done, what, in two to three minutes. But if you like me, it been some times I put food in the microwave, the lot of time it said put it in. And I come to find out the outside was hot, man. Ooh. But the inside was cold. My God. It was supposed to be a quicker route to get what I needed. The outside of it was hot, ready, but the inside was cold. But when you put things in the oven, my God. Yes. Yeah, we see, see the oven got something called preheat. Amen. Praise God. Amen. It got something called preheat. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta hit that preheat button. You don't even put your food in yet. You wait till that 400 degrees pop up. Then you insert the food. And then you gotta wait. It might take 45 minutes. It might take a whole hour. But guess what? When you take that food out the microwave, you just grab it. Amen. Take it out the oven. You gotta put some gloves on. Amen. You gotta cover your hands because it's hot. You gotta take it out. And you know for sure the inside done. You know it's ready. You gotta let it cool off for a minute. But you know it's ready and hot. When you are impatient and impulsive, you make impulsive decisions. And because we don't want to wait on nothing, we make rash decisions. God told him to wait seven days. As soon as he made the offering, Samuel shows up. See, when you are impatient and impulsive, you will either kill someone else, your destiny, or both. I don't think y'all heard what I said. When you're impatient and impulsive, you will kill someone else, your destiny, or maybe both. I got some examples, amen. Moses felt the burden of his people. He hated how the Egyptians were treating him. They were getting beat. They were getting whipped. So what does Moses do? He catches a man by himself, and he kills him. Now we know the story of Moses. He delivered the people. Yeah. But in that season, he was impatient and he killed a man. Korah, yeah. a man that was led out of the wilderness with Moses. He got jealous because God made Aaron the priest. Moses and Aaron were leading the people. Aaron was the priest. And he had a cousin. You know, we always got a cousin. Amen. He got a cousin that wasn't a Levite. And he'd been serving God forever. Why come my cousin ain't up there? I'm mad that, that God picked Aaron. I need my cousin to be up there. So what he does, he gathers 250 people to come against Aaron and Moses. But that's who God told to lead them. So God says, okay. He opens up the ground and swallows all 250 people. 
Not only they kill themselves, they kill their wives, they kill their children. Because they were what? Impatient and impulsive. Saul, who we're talking about today, kills his kingship. Better learn to wait on his will, y'all. He kills his kingship because he's impatient. Saul is tripping. He don't see Samuel. Samuel gave him the date. Samuel told him when he's going to be there. You know Samuel's following God. Why? Because he's anointed. He gave you instructions. You prophesied. You became king. You know Samuel's following God. And Samuel gave you the instructions. And now you tripping and don't want to wait. So I come to find out God is outside of time. We know that, right? God is outside of time. So it's never is that he's late. We just impatient. Try to help somebody today. God can never be late because he's outside of time. Yeah. So the problem is not with him being late or yeah. early. The yeah. problem is with yeah. us being impatient. Okay, okay. That's why the Bible says this. Wait on the Lord. Yeah. Be of good courage. Yeah. And he shall strengthen yeah. your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalms 27 and 14. But those who wait on the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 40 and 31. Mama used to say it like this. It may not come when you want him, but he always on time. Amen. You got to understand that God is doing what God does and when he needs to do it. The problem is not him. It's when we get impatient, we make impulsive decisions. You better learn to wait on the Lord. This is the year of God said, wait, you better wait. You better wait on that relationship. You better wait on that move. You better wait on whatever God is telling you to wait. Don't move out of order. Because it's consequences. Look at this, y'all. 1 Samuel 13, 11 and 12. Samuel asked, what have you done? Saul replied, I saw the troops were scattering. You didn't come when you said you would. And the Philistines were assembling to McMash. So I thought, now the Philistines will come against me at Gigal, but I haven't sought the Lord's favor. I felt pressured into sacrificing the burnt offering. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. felt pressure. Yeah. That's that impatience, y'all. Yeah. See, there's nothing worse, GPS, nothing worse than being in a car with someone who's going the wrong direction and don't know it. They think they about to be blessed because they with the king. The king has put them all in jeopardy. Yeah. He going the wrong way yeah. and don't even know it. He said, Samuel, wow. you didn't come when you said you was going to come. Yeah. I thought he said it's the seventh day. Yeah. You didn't come when you said you was going to come. Everybody going crazy. So I felt pressured to sacrifice. Saul, which we got to be careful about. Saul has disobeyed God and feels justified in doing so. My God. I, I, I'm going to put the blame back on you, Samuel. You didn't come when you said you was going to come. So I had to do what I had to do because you didn't do what you said you was going to do. He put the pressure, he put the put it all back yeah, on Samuel. Yeah, yeah. See, he thought he was seeking God's favor by doing Sam's job. Watch, Samuel's job. Watch this, y'all. You cannot receive God's favor when you are out of order. I'm trying to help you out today. You cannot receive it can't get God's favor when you are out of order. Okay. Therefore, from Saul until the last king of Israel, the Bible always said this about these kings. It gives us this intelligence. Either there was, a, either that king was faithful to God, yeah. he was a faithful king, or the Bible says this king did evil in the sight of the Lord. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. The ones that were out of order, they caused famine, they caused pain, death, and destruction, sometimes just on them, sometimes on their family, sometimes on the whole nation. Because they were out of order. But the kings that were faithful, the nation was blessed and God moved mightily through them. But you can't receive it if you're out of order. The biggest way of being out of order is having a lack of honor for God first. If you have a lack of honor for God, you're out of order. So we don't honor God, but they want God to do everything. He didn't honor God, how God set up, how the sacrifice should go. And then he wants God to give him favor in the war. But he didn't honor God enough to wait on Sam. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Yeah. But he wants God's favor, but he didn't wait on what God said wait for. Yeah. There's a list of things the Bible calls us to honor. Every member of the body of Christ, we should honor. You my brother, you my sister in Christ. I owe you honor because of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I ought to honor all men because God said so. I ought to honor the king because God said so. I ought to honor our pastors and our elders because God said so. I ought to honor the church members. I ought to honor the employees, the employers. I ought to honor widows, spouses, old age people. Why? Because God's positioning system requires us to have honor. And when honor is missing, y'all, God's favor is there. Isn't there? Because we're out of order. Look at our society. Half of us don't even want to talk to young folk. You don't know what's going to come out their mouth. What kind of attitude they going to have. What they pull out a gun. What they cuss me out because I'm older and don't, 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 don't respect. You don't even know. Society has flipped us and all they're missing is honor. I'm sure how important honor is, y'all. Matthew 13, 57 and 58. So they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, the only place a prophet is in honor is in his hometown and in his own house. He didn't work many miracles there because of their lack of faith. You're not familiar with this. Jesus is in Nazareth, his hometown. He's where he born at. Amen. If anybody should be behind you, it should be where you from. Amen. If anybody should be rocking with you, it ought to be the people that see you grow up knee high to a grasshopper. If anybody, right, he there. They say, ain't that the carpenter's son, Joseph's little, little, little fling, Joseph's little stepchild over there? Hey, didn't we grow up with his brothers and sisters? Who we think he is coming here preaching and teaching? Who we think he is coming here prophesying? Who we think he is laying hands on the sick? Who he think he is? And Jesus said, dang, y'all mad at me like that? Y'all offended with me like that? The only place the prophet is in honor is his hometown and his own house. So what happens? They didn't have honor for Jesus. So he didn't work many miracles there because of their lack of faith. If you read the gospel, I can't tell you how many people that was blind could see. And if you read the gospel, I can't tell you how many people that couldn't walk, that can't walk, amen. If you read the gospel, I can't tell you how many people that was dealing with demons possessed and now they free from God, amen. There's so many people that were dealing with so much stuff and Jesus healed them. It was people in his proximity, people in his hometown that knew him personally. So when you know me personally, you can come up to me different, amen. When you know me personally, you can come up to me a little different. They had access but didn't have honor. So it didn't release God's favor, y'all. Tell y'all, y'all. 1 Samuel 13, 13 and 14. You did a foolish thing, Samuel told Saul. You didn't follow the command of the Lord your God. If you had, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel permanently. 
But now your kingdom will not last. The Lord has searched for a man after his own heart. The Lord has appointed him as a ruler of his people because you didn't follow the command of the Lord. Wow. Out of order. Look what happened. See, you did a foolish thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you would have did what you're supposed to do, he would have established your kingdom permanently. Wow. See, one thing we got to realize that God don't need any of us. Yeah. Yeah, I think we missed that. We, we, we think because we come to worship, we think because we preach, teach, pray, we prophesy, sing, whatever gifts we got, whatever gifts we got, and we use them in here that God needed. God don't need near one of us. He's kind enough to use us. And because he's using us, we should have the position. It's a privilege to serve God. Because yeah. he don't need none of us. He just told him, I made you king not too long ago. I didn't already found somebody else after my own heart. I didn't already snatched the kingdom from you and gave it to somebody else. Because you wouldn't honor me. If I make you king, the king got to honor me because the honor the king has for me will yeah. flow down to the people. Yeah. But you don't honor me. It's a privilege to serve. So stay in your lane, y'all. It's about the danger when God's positioning system allows you to finally reach your destination. And you forget how you got there. God leading you to your destination. He led Saul to the kingship. He led Saul to the war against the Philistines. He led him to prophesy. He changed his family dynamics. He did so much for Saul. And yet Saul sat there and said, I'm going to do it my own way. It's like the GPS taking you there up until one minute before you arrive, and then you cut it off. <laughs> yeah, I see the house down the street. I don't need you no more. I, I like you didn't just take me where I didn't know where I was going. Like you didn't just leave me. I had no idea how to get to that house. You took me. Now I'm on the street. I can see the mailbox. I'm going to go ahead and cut you off now because I don't need you no more. And that's how we do God sometimes. We pray and ask God to give us something. We pray and ask God to show us something. He gives, he shows, he leads. And then we get right there. And now I want to take the wheel. I, I, I want to act like you didn't get us here. I did the work. So we all get there by what? His grace and his mercy. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, this and I'm about to get ready to finish y'all. Amen. I know this wasn't no amen message. Amen. This is the real deal. what God gave me from my heart. And this is a whole, this, this is just the beginning, y'all. This is the intro to the series. We're about to dig into some, some good stuff in the front of the Old Testament. So I need y'all listening and taking notes. It's going to be some good stuff. But something blessed my soul so hard, and I'm done with this, y'all. Because I want to understand it's a privilege to serve God. So, so when we were in Cleveland, Pastor Rich Wilkerson was talking. And he talked about the gifts. And because God has blessed, we all got specific gifts and talents in our own unique way. And because we got gifts, sometimes we think we are the gift. Yeah. Yeah. Because God's given us the gift. We think we are the gift. I hear to tell you that's not how this thing works. When you lose sight of God being a gift, you're walking out of honor. You're not, you're not in honor no more. Because you put yourself in the position of God. They're not going to do this unless I sing. They're not going to do this unless I preach. They're not going to do this unless I pray. They're not going to do this unless I did. I, I, that's not how this thing works. God is the gift. So he said this, y'all. That, has anybody ever got a pizza delivered to the house? Raise your hand if you got a pizza delivered to the house. Amen. That's the majority of us. All right. 
He said, nobody ever showed up to my house with a pizza in their hand like, here you go. Well, what would you do? If somebody take the pizza and hands you the pizza, I'm not talking about the box, I'm talking about the pizza. Takes it and hands it, say, here you go. Here, here's your pizza you order, sir. What would we do? We'd be upset. We'd be mad. We'd be angry. Some of us be ready to fight and cuss. Praise God. Help us, Lord. Fight and cuss. Both of them. Help us, Lord. But he says, see, the pizza is the gift, but you got to have a box. He says, so never lose sight of the gift. The, the pizza is God. He's the gift. But we are the box. The box has two things that it has to do. The box has to be clean and it has to be empty. Mm -hmm. One of your head, amen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it again. The, the pizza is the gift, but the gift still works with the box. Before it to work together, the box has to be empty and clean. See, when I empty out my life for God, I'm saying, God, I'm about to give this all to you. I don't know every term. I don't know every which way. I have no idea really where I'm going. I'm just strapped up for the ride. But I'm going to empty myself out for you, and I'm going to allow you to clean up my life. The more empty I get, the more clean I get, the more the gift flows through me. The more the gift shows up in my life. The more the gift is more desirable to other people. The more the gift has room to go. And I always know that you're going to get all the glory. You're going to get all the honor. You're going to get all the praise. You're going to bring people to you. And it's not, it has nothing to do with me. All I did was remain empty and clean. So people could receive the gift of you. God's positioning system. As we're going to learn, y'all. It's about allowing God to lead you and guide you in every aspect of your life. Can we give God a praise in this place today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. Y'all, God is doing something amazing. He's changing hearts and changing minds. And I just want to let you know, if you don't know him in the pardon of your sins today, if you're not saved, I'm going to say give your heart to Jesus. God got, God got a plan for your life. God, God sees you in two, three, four, five years. He sees it. He knows what he wants for you. But it takes submission. It takes honor. It takes not being out of order. It takes letting him lead you and guide you. All these things are important. So if this is you today, you say, you know what? I'm ready to go for the ride. I'm ready to let Jesus lead my life. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to make your way to the front today. Give God your heart and your mind. Let him do the rest. All he wants is your heart and mind. If you are, if you are saved and you've just been out and you say, Pastor, I just need a church home. I am saved. I love God. I just don't have a church home. We love to have you here. We love to encourage you and try to help you get to exactly where God has called you to be in your life. But you got to strap up for the ride. You got to give God permission. See, one thing about the GPS, why it's on our phones, 
it's, it's, a app, it's applicable. We can use it, application, but it won't never work if we don't put in directions. We, we can use the app. It's on our phones, but we it, 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 it's, just, it's, just, it's just sitting in the background until we type in our destination. But then we also got to let it know our location. See, 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 God sees where you at right now. He knows every issue you got. He knows all your faults. He knows where you lack confidence. You see what he told Saul? Saul said, look here, I'm the weakest in the tribe of Benjamin. I got the most insignificant family. I'm the least of everybody around here. God already know where you're at. I know where you're at. Just come where I am. So I can take you where you need to be. So there's anybody else in here today that needs God, his leading, his guiding. Let today be your day. Don't let the enemy keep you down. Don't let fear and doubt keep you down. Because it, it, it will try to keep you bound. Amen. But God loves you enough to say, look here. I'm here for the ride. I'm here to help you. But you got to tap into your GPS. And once you get in that GPS, you got to stay in your lane. Ain't nothing worse than being on the highway. I'm done. Ain't nothing worse than being on the highway. And you look at your rearview mirror and you see somebody flying, going lane to lane. Yeah. It's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Nothing worse than being on the highway and you in a fast lane and somebody driving a thing in the middle lane or the other lane. Yeah. We all cruising at about 70 right now. Yeah. You're doing 55. You're in the wrong lane. Yeah. So the crazy thing about lanes is sometimes you're moving too fast and sometimes you can move too slow. And the only way you're going to know how to move is if you tap in, I'm telling you, to God's positioning system. So if it's you, if you need special prayer, amen. I know we got baptism today, praise God, amen. We're about to jump over to do that. If you got any, if you need to be saved, or you need a church home, or you need special prayer, amen. Whatever you may need, amen. I'm going to say come to the front. Uh, we know we, we come to the front, allow God to move, amen. Y'all know me. I, I, don't, I don't do this all day, amen. I let God be God. If God's moving in you, you need it. I just say be encouraged. Yes. Be encouraged, amen. Because God has something for you, amen. Hallelujah. Bless God. You got a pressure in the family, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, oh God. We honor you, oh God, amen. For all that he's doing and continues to do, amen. As Lady Thomas is ministering. And I just want to be encouraged, y'all, that God has a plan for your life. He knows everything. He knows every He knows it all. But you gotta submit to his will. Submission is what does it, amen. It allows him to elevate. It'll, it allows him to lift you up. It allows him to push you further. It allows you to go beyond your wildest dreams. But everything got to be in order. And we got to stay in our lane. Father God, I thank you, oh God, for today, oh God. So anybody else, amen, that may need prayer, whatever the case it may be. God, we thank you and we praise you, oh God, for today. We, we bless your holy and righteous name, oh God. God, we need you and we love you, oh God. We trust you, oh God, to have your will, your way, and your, and your word in our lives. And Lady Thomas was finishing, she said that song, when Charlotte was singing, yes to your will, yes to your way, yes, I'll obey. Imagine if Saul said that. 
Imagine if Saul said yes to your will, yes to your way, yes, I'll obey. He, he becomes a great king, not a warning to all of us. He becomes a great king and not somebody to look at life and say, you know what? I don't want to go out like that. So God, we thank you and we praise you, amen, for what you're doing in our lives. We give you honor, we give you glory, we give you praise, amen. We appreciate you, oh God. We worship you and we adore you, oh God. I thank you, God, for your faithfulness. I thank you, God, for your love, your kindness, your grace, your mercy, oh God. I thank you for who you are and what you've done in our lives. I just appreciate you, oh God, for allowing us, oh God, to be where you have called us to be in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We bless you, oh God. We give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise. Amen. We give you honor, we give you glory, and we give you praise. I thank you, O oh God, for whatever you're doing, O oh God, in the atmosphere, O oh God. Breaking up things, O oh God, changing our lives, changing our minds. I pray, O oh God, we're able to make a pivot, O oh God. We need to make a U-turn right now, Father God. If the road we're on, we need to make a U-turn to switch back, to come back to you, O oh God. Thank you, O oh God, that we're available, O oh God. That you're available, O oh God, to allow us to bust a U-turn and come back to you. So Father, I thank you and I praise you, oh God. We give you honor, we give you glory, and we give you praise, oh God, amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, amen. So God, we just praise you, oh God. Amen, give God a praise in this place, give God a praise. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, oh God. for being a provider, for being a deliverer, for being more than we need, oh God, being everything we need and doing more than we can ask. So God, I praise you. Amen. So God, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. Amen. Hallelujah, Father God. Amen. Thank you, oh God, for what you're doing, for working. Amen. For working, oh God, working on hearts and working on minds. God, we appreciate you, oh God. We bless you, O oh God, for working on hearts and working on minds. We ask, O oh God, that you just touch, O oh God. We stand in the gap, O oh God, for one another. We pray, God, that whatever you need to fix, O oh God, that you touch, O oh God, that you that you repair, O oh God, that you reconstruct, O oh God. Just sometimes we're traveling on roads, and roads are just tore up, amen. Sometimes roads are not paved correctly. They have potholes. Sometimes roads have been driven on so much that they're rough and rigid. Sometimes, God, we need you to repave some roads in our lives. We need you to repave it and reconstruct it, oh God. Lord, we thank you. We bless you, oh God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We bless you, oh God. Father God, we thank you and praise you, O oh God. I thank you, O oh God, for re for repairing, O oh God. I thank you, O oh God, for reconstructing, O oh God. I thank you, O oh God, that you are making hearts tender, O oh God. I thank you, O oh God, that you are breaking down. Uh, I come against the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. Things that he has done that tries to plague minds and plagues hearts, but lies, the
the things, the feelings of, of hurt and pain and, and no love, oh God. We just come against the enemy and everything that he has tried to do to come against his family. I just come against it right now in the name of Jesus, oh God. I said they were walking a new season, oh God, a new season of love, a new season of forgiveness, a new season, oh God, of faithfulness to you, oh God, a new season, oh God, of allowing you to lead their lives, a new season, oh God. I just speak new, 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 whatever is old is done. We're not going to hold on to the past. We're going to let it go, Father God. We're going to move forward. God said move forward. God said forget the former things, amen. Forget the former things, oh God. So whatever lies the enemy has told, whatever things he has tried to keep them bound, whatever lies he has done and tried to dismiss and try to eradicate, oh God, this mother and daughter relationship and this family, oh God, whatever he has tried to do, we come against it, oh God, through the power that is by your blood, through the power that is by your blood. We plead the blood of Jesus over them, Father God, that you would have your way in their lives, oh God. We speak peace, oh God. Give them a peace that surpasses all understanding, oh God. We ask, oh God, right now, give them understanding, oh God. Give them good communication, oh God. Give them a, a great love for one another, Father God. Give them the strength, oh God. Give them the ability to, to speak to each other so nicely, oh God, and communicate. I speak for communication in this relationship, Father God. I ask, oh God, you touch them right now, Father God, as only you can. You know every detail. You know everything, Father God. But I thank you, oh God. You are the God who can repair, oh God. Ezekiel said, can these dry bones live? God asked him, can dry bones live? And he said, oh Lord, only you know the answer, oh God. So I thank you, oh God, that through you, dry bones can live. Through you, oh God, you make the impossible possible, oh God. Through you, oh God, you make crooked roads straight, oh God. Through you, oh God, you move at a, a rate that is none like no other, Father God. So I thank you for moving in their lives and standing in the gap for what they need, oh God. You know, oh God. So I ask that you heal. I ask that you deliver. I ask that you set free. I ask that you move. I ask that you touch. I ask, oh God, that you cover. I ask, oh God, that you bless them indeed, oh God. Let them know every tear is not in vain, oh God. As you said in your word, you bottle up our tears, that our tears have purpose, that our tears are part of your plan, oh God, that our tears, oh God, is not just pain. We've been made endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I speak joy over their relationship. I speak joy into their house. I speak joy. The joy of the Lord will be their strength in the name of Jesus. I speak joy in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I praise God. Amen. Amen. First of all, raise your hand if you do need an envelope, amen. One of the ushers be glad to give you an envelope, amen. Uh, we have two ways to give. You can do cash up or you can do text to give. Either one or five, amen. amen. We'll leave you in the hands of the usher right now. Thank you, Jesus.
anticipating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.